Game State contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Sorry, didn't mean to frighten anyone. You're a bit late for that. This will be a game night to remember. You'll be the greatest starfighter ever. That was a game, Centauri. Game? You may have thought it was a game, but it was also a test. We don't need a board and we do not need pieces. Oh, it's a murder mystery party. Fun. Fireball the son of a bitch. Hello and welcome to Game Stage, Rain Man Digital's exclusive tabletop gaming show. If you're listening live, you can take the show on the go wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also access all of our shows on demand via iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Just search Game States. If you want live show notifications, you can now text RMD69 to 50597, and you'll receive an SMS text whenever a live RMD show is about to start, along with a link with options to listen live from any mobile device. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm Charlie69. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Greg Dixon, your Charlie impression is so Ooh. good. I'm Andrew. Charlie, you're back. This is Greg. What are you talking about? <laughs> Guys, point. it's Greg Dixon. <laughs> I don't know. How do you do a Greg impression? That's He's too lovable. He did that exact thing when he was doing <laughs> know, an impression I, I of you. It. You need to be. A, and I gritted my teeth and loved it. Oh, Project it awesome. a little bit more and sound Guys. slightly. <laughs> no, no. And sound slightly slow. Slow? Yeah. Slightly slow? Like like mentally. Oh, what? Oh, what? Wow. <laughs> Greg, I did not say that. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we're back. Uh, Charlie, you've been gone for quite a while. Wait, didn't I do a show since I've been back? No. Holy shit. Maybe? Dude. I don't know. No, Time don't is a construct so. that I, I... <laughs> Floating I in the ether. We're getting the nod from... We're getting the nod that Our we... producers are... Yeah. That we did do a show. So yeah. I'm correct. He did walk through the new door. He did. Yeah. He did walk through the new door. Okay. We had a little... all judged me. I made... Okay, guys... I tried to get into the studio. There was no door. It was like a brick wall. And then, like, Mike's head just, like, came through a fucking portal on the side of the wall. And I was like, oh, I guess this is how I get in the studio now. Basically, Charlie's a Sims character. Yeah. So. But I'm back, apparently, except for the last show. I think I made such a small impact on the last one. I don't know. The last one, uh, it's fine. It's, the wake, it's fine. The wake of Greg's appearance was still, like. Still strong. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm here now. So buckle up. Assholes. <laughs> this is a new, improved, angry Charlie. I like it. We're going to have angry Sammy boy. Oh, yeah. Angry Charlie boy. Snide. All right. Yeah. Snide Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. We well, can't both roles. be the same person, Charlie. Hey, it's fine. You're a little like, more. There's the three heads of. The Hydra thing? <laughs> no, it's not the. Why? Wow. I'm blanking on. Uh, Ghidorah. Cerberus? It's Ghidorah. Oh. Ghidorah? Yeah. Godzilla. King Ghidorah? Yeah. Because oh. Andrew's the, it's the, the meme one. Andrew's the derpy one. I'm the angry one. You're the, <laughs> the other competent one. Competent. Yeah. yeah. Except for podcasts, but. It's all good. We got some news to talk about. I want to hear it. It's good. We're going to start things off with Origin implementing changes for 2020 with regards to their award system. Hmm. Uh, the organization. Uh, well, first of all, I guess Origins, for those who don't know, is a massive board game convention in Indiana. Right. No. No. They're in Ohio. Ohio. Got it. Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. Thank you. Yes. Um, Gen Con. You're thinking of Gen Con, in, yes. yeah. This is the one that's run by Gamma, the Game Association Manufacturers Association Association. <laughs> I don't know what that stands for, but they're in charge of it, games. It's games and... Yeah. Games and Magic Association. <laughs> Might as well be. 
for Origins, the Academy Adventure Gaming Arts and Design have made some changes to the Origin Awards for 2020. The organization will add digital adaptation of a physical game as a new category. Uh, they also have brought back the historical game and historical miniature games category. So a little bit of throwback to the classic good old days. Uh, really started the board gaming renaissance, I would say. Hmm. Um, game of the year will still be awarded, of course, but will be voted on by active Gamma members. The members will choose a single winner from all the nominees in the physical game categories. Fan favorite awards will be selected for each category by Oregon Game Fair attendees who will vote on a mobile application launching in 2020. Hmm. All right. Well, there you have it. Yeah. So I, the Origin Award is a is a pretty big deal, especially for like a, indie uh, RPG publishers as well. You get Best in Show or Best Rule Set at Origins, you're basically set for like the next two or three years in terms of sales, it feels like. Um, Gaslands won uh, Best New Rules Template when that uh, came out um, not too long ago. Kids on Bikes just won an, uh, an Origins Awards as well there. It is a great show. I will say that. Like, I, I was just at Gen Con not too long ago, and it's basically the San Diego Comic-Con of board game shows. Mm-hmm. Imagine just, like, oh, like people packed into the halls, no breathing room, very stinky. Um, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, Origins is a... A little more open, you know. You get all the same, you know, great releases, tons of great people, but not as crammed and gross. More of like a local, but a lot of. I mean, it's a big, it's a big convention still. Like, so you still feel like it's a huge con, like a huge like uh, retail area, which you kind of can only get from a bigger show, but not so big that it's like overwhelming. Would you compare it to like Phoenix Comic Con versus San Diego? Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. It's closer to Phoenix Con in size and scale. but even Phoenix Con is getting pretty nuts now. I'd actually yeah. say it's smaller than Phoenix Con. Oh, okay. Yeah. That tracks. Um, the Origin Award categories for 2020 will be board game, uh, card game, collectible game, digital adaptation of a physical game, which, of course, uh, reason for the story here, family game, historical game, and miniatures being brought back, uh, miniatures overall, role-playing overall, and game accessory. So I Yeah, so Origins, uh, of course, is quite a ways away. Um, new products can be submitted uh, by November fifteenth of or November fourteenth of this year. So with with Origins being so far away, in Essen actually right around the corner. Now that I think about, I'm going it. to that. Oh, you are not. I'm are you going really? To Essen. Wait, you're going to Essen? Going to Essen. Yeah. I, I need the Obi Wan for Legion. Uh, oh, the alt sculpt. Yeah. Alt yeah. sculpts. Um, yeah. All right. Well, send in your orders. You're going to okay. be a mule. <laughs> I will put it in a little balloon. And send it back and see where the wind goes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You guys went two totally different directions. Yeah, you didn't with that. pick up. <laughs> nope. I went more. I don't need you showing my model up your butt, okay? It'll be, it's in a 3D protective material. No. Um, it's card sleeves for models, okay? A I'm excited. 3D protective material. A condom. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> there was a, uh, um, yeah, it's no matter. Uh, moving on, Sharon oh, Madden. You can reuse card sleeves more times, though. That is correct. In and fact, more, I mean, ever. Ever. <laughs> uh, Dice Tower East uh, is now to be led by a Sharon Madden. Um, do you, how familiar are you guys with the whole Dice Tower convention? You know, you kind of explained this to me, but I think it's worth bringing up in the show because I had no idea. The uh, whole, like,. Was it you that told me this? But the whole, like, who runs... Who actually who, runs yes, Dice Tower? I did not Tower? know any of this. Oh, I think it's yeah. very interesting. So Dice Tower um, East, 
as it's now known, but the Dice Tower Con is a convention held in Florida every year uh, that started up in 2011. Tom Vassell, um, Z Garcia, other people. Who's the Who's the third of the main crew? I don't know. I haven't watched. Um, um, Susan. Z. No, there's Susan and Mandy. Yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. That guy's so forgettable. Sorry, guy. What the hell is his name? Very critical. Anyways, that yeah, guy. He likes Pandemic a lot. Yes. Um, so they were like continued guests uh, for, for the Dice Tower Convention uh, in Florida for quite some time. This year, Dice Tower Con is officially going to be run by the Dice Tower. Yeah, explain this. This yeah. is where I was like, huh? So, Tom so <laughs> So what I had gathered is there was a gentleman named Patrick Havert who started off uh, with the convention as kind of like a, hey, I'm going to run this for you. We'll brand you. We'll use you as promotion to get the convention up and running. So Patrick ran the con uh, for, you know, eight years at this point. Um, In an article from Tabletop Wire, uh, actually, it says they're rebranding for 2020. Dice Tower founder Tom Vassell said on the company YouTube channel that they've expanded in recent years to include other events, such as Dice Tower West, which is over in Vegas, uh, and the Dice Tower Cruise. Um, And Dice Tower Con was the only one that they didn't have total control over. So they, through mutual agreement, uh, you know, it was like, here you go. I I built this for you. Here, have it in an official capacity. It's a weird deal, man. Yeah, I don't quite... Yeah, It kind of feels like behind the scenes, like there was an NDA signed with a, uh, uh, like an IP protection So just to be clear, this convention started by, what was the guy's name again? I'm sorry. Patrick Havert. So the one Patrick Havert started, it was originally, right when it started, called Dice Tower Con. I believe it was. Interesting. Okay, so this wasn't like he had a con called Florida Con, and then then it like... No, okay. No, Hmm. No, it's Dice Tower Con. That's so odd. It's really bizarre. Um, and it's even more bizarre because Havert started up a secondary Dice Tower, quote-unquote, convention called Escape Winter Convention, uh, which is going to be in the same area. Mm. So it's, it's, it's no. weird. Yeah. It's, it's quite bizarre. But uh, for Dice Tower East, uh, Sharon Madden will be the director. According to the company, Madden brings experience in event planning and administration to this position. She's been a board gamer for the last 20 years. Dice Tower President Tom said Sharon and her team are already working on next year's event. Um, and, of course, Vassal took control from Dice Tower East from Patrick. Wow. Interesting things. That's just It's just such a weird thing where it's like any other company would never, ever allow a third-party actor to build something with their name. Under any circumstances would yeah. a company let that happen. Yeah, that's why I thought it was odd. And I, in MeepleCon mm. is what Dice Tower West is now, right? So the one in Vegas, if I recall, it was, I think it was called MeepleCon, but it was, it was just oh, so a they convention. co-opted a secondary board game con? And then they had, they had our, like the Dice Tower guys come, and they were like, yeah, this is good. Why, we should be this con now. And the guy said, "This I could be totally wrong. No, so, you're totally right. Yeah, and then the guys was like, let's do it. And so wow. now it's... Dice Tower West. So it used to be, a, that's kind of what I was wondering if it was originally for the whole Florida Dice Tower Con, which is a great con. I, I went to that one too, uh, just like um, months ago. In 2015, Tim uh, and Dave Millett, I don't know who Tim is, that this article Tim. here doesn't say Tim, oh, but two M's, uh, decided that Las Vegas convention 
the capital convention of the world should have a local board game convention of its own. MeepleCon started out as a single-day convention to test the waters and was held the weekend after Gamma. They were told that the board game conventions would not work in Vegas, but the first MeepleCon drew over 200 people. In 2016, it moved to a three-day format. In 2018, uh, or rather 2019, will be the first year that it will be Dice Tower West. Yeah, so they showed up. The Dice Tower crew showed up in 2018 and just took it over. Just busted out gats. That's bizarre, man. Wow. Taking over. That's. I mean, it's. I'm all for bringing the Dice Tower to to many different people who are unable to go to things. But that's that's it's a weird way to do it. Just co-opt other things. And you know, make there used to own. be a Gen Con SoCal. Really? Years and years ago, there was a Gen Con in California. And it was a huge tournament space for, like, card games. 2003 to 2006. Crazy to that. Wow. Incon SoCal. Great name. And the uh, ACC and... How is that a great name? Incon SoCal. Just kind of rolls off the tongue, like if you're a stripper DJ. It's just like (laughs) an acronym attached to an acronym. I know, but I love it. Hurts. (laughs) GCSC. I mean, Incon SoCal started off with uh, 4,000 attendees and almost broke 6,000. Uh, before it ended, there was a Gen Con Australia huh. as well. Look at that. Learning. In Queensland. Uh, they didn't track attendees there, but it was supposed to be over 10,000 people in 2008. Wow. First year convention in a continent that will kill its citizens just because of the flora fauna. Neat. Or if you're in the middle of the continent, just because there's like nothing there to keep you alive. <laughs> there is also that. There's a... Australia is fun. It's nice. I mean, we really can't judge Australians because we choose to live in Arizona. Yeah. The yeah. the desert part of Arizona. Not even like, the good part of Arizona. Out of all the mountains and trees, <laughs> we are in the valley. It's the shittiest part of the state. It is. It's the worst. You yeah. drive 30 minutes... Any it, direction. Was it just the cheapest? I can't, I can't figure that out. It wasn't always the, the capital. I mean, the Salt River was flowing, which... Helped. Wasn't it Flagstaff originally? It was the capital of Arizona. I really thought Flagstaff? originally. I could be uh, wrong. But, yeah. Because the valley, I think, was settled. Wasn't it mostly Mormons that settled down here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it started there. The first capital of Arizona was Fort Whipple in Chino Valley in 1863. Uh, it moved to Prescott for a time. Um, then Tucson. Then back to Prescott. <laughs> Is that why Tucson things say matter? <laughs> They got there. They I think my favorite minutes. my favorite Arizona story Ooh. is um there was a German POW camp here and a group of them managed to escape and they got some maps and they saw the Salt River on the maps. So their idea was they were gonna go to the Salt River, build a raft and go down it. Oh no. And they get to the Salt River and realize it's not a river and uh that, that didn't work. Oh dear. Hmm. Brings me joy. Phoenix was declared the permanent state capital starting on February 4th, 1889. Hmm. There you have it. Board games. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Next move announces Azul Summer Pavilions, the third game in the Azul series. Uh, I'd say smash hit Azul series here. Um, Let's see. Dice Tower News reports. Next move has announced the third game in the series, Azul Summer Pavilion. In this edition, the tiles are elongated diamonds. 
and fit on the player board in seven circular rosettes as opposed to a single grid or vertical columns that you're building with a stained glass of Sintra. Uh, six in the six tile colors and one comprised of each color as a wild tile. Um, gameplay Ooh. is going to remain the same. You're still going to have the depots that you're pulling from. If you over pull, they're going to fall, break, get you negative points. Um, in this time, however, each round, one of the colors will be considered a wild color. And you also won't be placing your tiles as you draft them. They'll be going into a reserve, kind of like Castles of Burgundy, where you have the reserve of three tiles, where you can actually place them on the board. Uh, still retaining the old Azul feel, with players selecting one of uh, all of one color from a pool of tiles on a single factory card. However, in each of the ten rounds, one color is considered wild. Have you guys played the stained glass one? I have not. You know, that one is weird, in that when you first sit down... And you first start playing, you kind of get the rules. You're like, ah, ah, ah. It follows this exact same arc for every single person that's played it that I've seen. And then about like halfway through, you go, ah, uh, ah. Uh, like when you just figure <laughs> out the you mechanic? Just, it, it doesn't have the same, I don't know how to describe it. Like, like original Azul's great. It's timeless, I would say. I'm not going to say it's the best game ever, but timelessly good for what it is. And they just tried to replicate it with the stained glass one, and I just think it fell really short. Um, what is the... Other than like the theme, what is the the major gameplay mechanic? So the major fall apart. The major mechanic, and I don't remember every single rule, but here's like the top down. You're um, imagine sort of like the only way, the best way to describe this is imagine like columns in a spreadsheet. You know, so um, unlike that grid that you have going on in uh, the original um, Azul that you have to sort of fill out like Mm -hmm. in a certain way, and you know, then there's like limitations based on that. In this, there's columns A through F or whatever. And each one of those is like a steeple that you're going to be populating with the different, uh, you know, stained glasses. And they have different specific, like, ooh, this needs three reds and one orange. And to do, to fill it, like, let's say you have to fill column C, you got to move your little worker at the very top over to C from the starting position, which is like right before A. Mm-hmm. And then then you fill it, right? But what that means is you now, for the rest until a certain point, you now cannot do anything to A or B. Because you've passed it. Because you've already passed it. And then so you can keep going further and further, but then eventually you have to use your entire turn to go back, which can be like devastating because that's like a perfect moment for the other opponent to take two turns and just screw you on the draft. Mm. So sounds great, but once you kind of get into it, it, there's not really a lot of end game. Is it more cutthroat than Azul? Because Azul to me feels like a very casual sort of deal where you can... I don't think so. You can go for it, like, real hard if you want to. I Like, everyone, including myself, went to the exact same arc where, like, I like this better than regular Azul. And then by the end, I'm like, no, I don't. Really? Uh, yeah, that's just, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but I will probably never play it again. Hmm. So, I don't know. I wish I could remember more specifically all the little rules. It didn't, I feel like the bonuses, like, where you could really, like, go for it at the end and try to get one of those, like, big payoff bonuses on regular Azul, even if you're kind of losing. This one didn't have a good version of that at all. Wasn't the original sequel to Azul, wasn't it supposed to be Reef? I played Reef. I actually have Reef. I think that was supposed to be the original. I think that they were supposed to do, like, a three-separate trilogy sort of a deal. Reef, I believe, was made by Emerson Matsuchi. Matsuchi? Okay. Hmm? Funny story. I actually, we had a meeting with Emerson Matsuchi in uh, Gen Con. Super. And I don't think this is secret. This is actually very interesting. He loves nothing more than making city building games. That's his favorite thing. He's like, he's like, all I do is make city building games. That's it. So Reef, the original title was city building game number 
five. Like, I don't know the exact number. Uh-huh. He's like, that was city building game number five. Uh, Century Spice Road was city building. <laughs> like, literally every one of his games that he designs starts as a city building game with just a number. And then it just becomes something else. That's kind of it's fun. It's kind of awesome. Like, I thought it was very interesting. That's weird because in his board game geek, um, I guess IMDb, uh, for lack of a better descriptor, design credits, I suppose, he doesn't have a single, not a single one of his games. Which is hilarious when you <laughs> think about it. a city building other than a game it looks like called Foundations of Rome um, he, that he, looks like it's being put up by Arcane Wonders. He, uh, another funny story, a little inside baseball. Huh. Um so he's friends with Daryl Andrews. Everyone, Super. everyone's friends with Daryl Andrews Always. in the game. He's a, cool, he's a great guy. And I guess Daryl's like good, like worked for IDW for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were chatting, and and Daryl just kind of said to him in a conversation, like, "Hey, what's your like dream IP?" And Emerson's like, "Metal Gear Solid." Ooh. And now he's designing the Metal Gear Solid game. He is. Yeah, he is he's designing. credited. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Good for him. Connections. Con- anyways, yeah, guys. Emerson Matsuchi. I think that might have already come out. That Metal Gear Solid game? I think so. I think that might have come out last year. Let me just quickly look here. Um, The nicest guy ever. Year published, 2019. So I guess it's not out just yet. Oh, is this the one with the miniatures and stuff? Yes. Yes. Oh, this is the one that went buku. When it made a splash. This one was a a Kickstarter. Yeah, this one made buku bucks uh, on the KS. Neat. Well, uh, before we go to our break here, we're going to bring it down just a little bit here. As we all know, um, uh, Rick Loomis, founder of Flying Buffalo, uh, did pass away recently uh, here in Scottsdale, Arizona on October 19th. There will be a public memorial uh, for Mr. Loomis here, a public memorial will be held in Scottsdale, Arizona on October 19th for Rick Loomis, former Gamma president and president of Flying Buffalo Games. Loomis died last month after a battle with cancer. The memorial will be held at 11 a.m. at the United Methodist Church, uh, 4140 North Miller Road, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, and, of course, Loomis attended and worked as a camp counselor for the church there. So paying a little bit of respect um, one thing to note here with Flying Buffalo is Flying Buffalo will continue after Rick Loomis is passing here. Uh, the company stated, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Crompton, a new president for the company, said with the help of Loomis's sisters, uh, is working on fulfilling recent Kickstarters, including Mercenary Spies and Private Eyes, Evan Lords Revisited. In a statement to fans, Crompton said, down the road, there will also be new products for TNT. MSPE, Nuclear War, and Catalyst, uh, books like Traps and City Books. They may not come as quickly as we would like right now, as there's a lot to do with regards to taking care of Rick's estate and Flying Buffalo. But rest assured, we are soldiering forward. That's what Rick wanted us to do, and that is what we plan to do. So, And that's good to know that you know his legacy will stick around. Rick Loomis, like, if you go deep enough, Rick Loomis is ingrained in every aspect of gaming here really? in the valley yeah he was a he was a, an original guy with waterloo uh, which is a classic oh, yeah. uh, board game store Remember way that. back in the day like he had direct ties to dave and patty he was just a hang out hmm. at a whole bunch of local game stores game depot of course i didn't even realize he was like uh arizona dude oh yeah crazy yep. mm. it's he's quite nice that one um so of course was a piece if you want to make it down to scottsdale october hey, respects 19th it's about a month away all right, we've rifled through news here. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. 
We will be right back. Good night. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Least entertaining, you know, like oh a guy God. gets a horse. What do you want about it? Tony, a guy being yeah, no, dragged a guy gets by a horse. rope no, 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 by no, no, a not white. Drag. A not bl- drag. A black guy being pulled. No, not okay. pulled. Is it? This is it. <laughs> a black guy tied by rope. Yes. Go being ahead. led by a horse. And a white man on that horse with a cowboy hat. I think it it's not been, entertaining. No, I think it would have been. Less we are making it entertaining. It, it would have been less offensive if the uh, black individual was on a horse and riding side by side. You can say so man, like, that's not the problem. No, term no, here. you know, like they'll be riding side by side, like what did he Lone say? Ranger black or individual. <laughs> You want him to be a black Tonto? No, no he just side by to the side. Ranger. Side by side with the guy. You know, side by side. Equal. This you know, is. Arm in arm. You know, like brothers. Oh, my God. This, t- Thomas, perfect example of a racist because he <laughs> thinks he's fixing it. Yes. No, no, it's saying, okay. By uh, making him. Like, listen, no, let's make it better. We'll put him on a horse and he'll be a sidekick to a white yeah. man. <laughs> Still not equal. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Are you delirious? You know how long it took to invent the games, to merchandise them, to get them into the stores by Christmas? We are back. I took a nap. You did. You took, you were very quiet. Yes. <laughs> I don't think you said a single word. It's a good thing you did the intro, though. Yeah. It- no, I was, I was very out of the loop on the news this week. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm always out of the loop on the news, but usually there's something I have feedback on. Mm-hmm. And this time, just like, yep, it's gone. Well, it's because mm-hmm. there, wa- there wasn't Games Workshop news. It wasn't Games Workshop news. There wasn't Miniatures news. Um, <laughs> it was more people and event news, which I'm generally not up to date on. Because normally events go, well, I can't go to that, and I kind of stop caring. That's good. Yeah. It's like, oh, Gen Con's coming. I'm not going to be able to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, yep. there were some Games Workshop things that were announced recently. They have a, a three exclusive games. Um, they're going to be published at uh, Barnes & Noble. What? Yeah. Yeah. It, Weird. Eh, meh. So they had a, a gladiatorial combat game called Gore Chosen um, that was set in their Age of Sigmar universe. That's getting a 40K reboot Yep. Um, with some uh, Eldari psychers and some Adept Mechanicus so, yeah. stuff. Like, they have some stuff at, like, standard things right now because they have their... Um, they did something with WizKids. Actually, they've done, they've done a couple of things with, uh, with Wiz, WizKids. It's because WizKids is the new IP holder. Yeah. As opposed to Fantasy Flight, which is a shame. It really is. Um, WizKids isn't bad. They're just meh. Uh, combat Arena is the 40K yep. gladiatorial combat game. Um, Storm, uh, Warhammer Underworld's Dread Dane. Dreadfane? Dreadfane? Dreadfane, yeah. It's kind of a weird standalone expansion for Underworld. Um, Underworld being their very very small um, skirmish, it's it's basically a board game. With, yeah, it's a board game with some minis, but it's a very good competitive board game. Yes, specifically, yep. it, it's quite exceptional. Um, they're discontinuing the original starter for that. Yeah, as they're well. discontinuing the original starter and the original teams. Um, they haven't said if they're removing them from competitive play, which I don't think they will because there's a lot of still considered very powerful cards from those first sets. And if they cycle that out, that's going to be massive. Also, it doesn't feel like GW's... Um, GW doesn't cycle stuff. They don't. And, like... Unless it's a new edition. 
things yeah. will usually stick around. Yeah. Um, some people are thinking that they might re-release them with updated cards to kind of fix the power creep that happened. Sure. Because the, the second wave of teams definitely are better. Like the uh, the ghost team is just a better version of the skeleton team. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. But we'll see. Um, they haven't really released much info yet, and there's a lot to parse there when they do release that. There's a third Underworlds starter set, a Beast Grave, which introduces Beastmen. That one's interesting because, so Underworlds is set in basically the realm of death. There's all these different realms in Age of Sigmar. Um, there's this city in the realm of death that pissed off the god of death, and he cursed them so that they'd be trapped in their city after they died. And you go into the city and you can't get out. You go in, you try to find your crap, you're stuck. The new one, Beastgrave, takes place in, like, these jungles because they found a way out. So that's kind of interesting fluff-wise. So they're progressing lore. Yeah. GW's really good with lore. And I think that they're, they're going to be taking some notes from, I think, Magic the Gathering, where it's like all of their competitive play is going to follow a concise story. They're going to do a block structure, I think. And that's going to be really interesting for me. Speaking of magic, did you see the trailer for the new set? Oh my god! It's we adorable didn't... and I love it. Okay, so Magic the Gathering... Okay, adorable is the wrong word. No, it is, is adorable. <laughs> so Magic the Gathering... It has a gingerbread cookie. Trent, it's good. Stab Garrick in the face <laughs> with the meat fork. So let, Let's back up just a minute. Uh, the new set for Magic the Gathering is Throne of Eldraine, uh, which is a setting... Mixing King Arthur mythos and Grimm's fairy tales. Yes. Hmm. So we got the Lady in the Lake. Like that. We got basically Excalibur. Uh, and then we also have like Little Mermaid yep. in a card. Yep. Um, the the Bunch of fairies. Like a ton of fairies. Like I think yeah. more fairies than we've seen since. Uh, not Lorwyn. Morning Tide? One of those. I sets. think Lorwyn had fairies too. But yeah, that, that era, which is old now. Yeah, because that's where Bitter Blossom came from. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the the trailer follows two gingerbread people that uh, as they're set to cool, their hands are are glued together. Yep, they're just adorable. So they're like uh, like a love song playing in the background. Uh, it's fucking adorable. And then all of a sudden, a sh- bunch of knights come running by. They go real south. So and they then start- the door busts down, and Gark the curse is there. Your and it's back. It's just these these little gingerbread trying to survive this fight it's just in the background you see bits of, of this guy just flinging knights across the room chopping so people good. in half we won't spoil the end of it but it, it's, it's great it's about five minutes long and it is probably the best promotional trailer that wizards have put out so far it's just it's it's Look at superb it's it's not quite blizzard tier but slipper. it's pretty there's a yeah all of the cards oh, are are deep root I can't believe they haven't done this yet, to be honest. They it's kind no. of amazing. Like, there's, uh, there's like food tokens now. Yeah, food tokens, which yep. give you uh, two and tap. You get health. Bake I into think. a pie. <laughs> yeah. So they, oh, that card, it's, it's a black card, right? And basically yeah. you destroy a The card's called bake into a pie unless you destroy a creature and a food you token. make a food token. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is amazing. So this design... Philosophy. Golden Goose. Uh, Sorry, keep going. Yeah, dude. It's the Golden Goose card's super thematic too because you can use it to get um, a little bit of mana uh-huh. every turn. Let's just talk or about you all can these cards. Eat <laughs> it. Or you can eat it to heal. Like, do you want to get some money from the eggs? You just want to eat the goose. Yeah. The so this design philosophy is known in in the magic circle as a top down design philosophy. Right. Find yes. something that is interesting and design a mechanic around it that espouses that that interesting feel. It started off. Um, quite a while ago, but Innistrad 
was their like deep, dark, gothic fantasy setting that everybody lost their goddamn mind for with yeah, sure, good cool. reason. Yeah. It's probably the best set that they've released so far, in my personal opinion. Um and fun know, ten fluff years too. later. It yeah. was incredible. Like yeah. the whole the whole crux of it was, like was the angel was cursed and ruining everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. Our designs are fantastic too. I love they've got the We'll uh, get to those in a second. Ugh. Because though that's a whole they're doing a lot of cool stuff with Also it. the quests on like the knights. Yeah. So we'll, go, we'll uh, get to those in a second. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, it's uh, making me want to buy physical magic cards. I know. Uh with the success of Innistrad, we then got a return to Ravnica set, which is what Man. another uh it was a large flagship setting. I just I hate Ravnica. It's 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 a city that's a planet, it's Coruscant, it's fine. You know? Um, and then, but that, and the success of Innistrad allowed Mark Rosewater, the lead, um, I think he's the, the, the chief operational officer for the magic division of Hasbro and wizards. Um, he's like, yeah, we've been wanting to do an Egyptian set forever. We've wanted to do a Greek set forever. And Innistrad allowed that to happen. And now they have decided that top down design is the way to fucking go. And now we get gingerbread stabbing a a, a goose. Like world wake. That block was kind of top down. It kind felt, of. It felt more like the. It was more like an arc was designed. Mm-hmm. Like they were set up for the story for that entire three set arc. I think. And then they kind of built through it. I wonder if World Wake, Zendikar, and, and stuff like that, while. It, oh, what was the second set called? Is Zendikar something in World Wake, right? You know, you, you guys. The middle one? You guys know magic better than me. I know there's, like, story and lore built into these sets. I'm curious, like, how much does that actually matter? Rise of the Eldrazi. That's right. You know what I'm asking? It it matters a significant bit because when we say gothic horror, werewolves, vampires, zombies, things like that, you you already have an idea of how a game mechanic can tie into that. One issue with the Zendikar block, uh, Zendikar, Rise of the Eldrazi, Worldwake, it was a fully fleshed out universe, but it didn't have traditional tropes. So okay, a lot that's of people, what I'm talking about, yeah. actually. That's what I mean. Like, because yeah. a lot of their, I remember in the past, sort of, you know, from the outsides, seeing these new magic sets come out. I'm like, okay, well, now it kind of looks like these are like Mongolian tribes ish. That you was Kanza uh, Takir. Yeah, yeah, very. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm getting at is like, I could see maybe the flavor they were going for, and sometimes it wasn't even perceptible. I couldn't even tell, like, okay, yeah. well, this is fantasy, but I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, like, World Wake was, it stars. Like a happy adventure, cool set, yeah. and then it turned into eldritch horror at the end. Yeah, but like they built up to it. Like there's little hints and little bad shit going wrong. And the last set was like, here's the abominations from beyond time that one of the main characters accidentally let free. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is, it seems to me like unless you know, just as an example, I haven't seen a lot of magic stuff in a while, mm-hmm. but this sort of Grimm's thing, exactly what you're saying is true. Where it's like, oh, I get an idea of what the mechanics will be in this. But if they're just making their own story, I have no idea. Like, like I have no way of knowing what the hell this is going to be. And that's the problem yeah. with yeah. magic as its own as product. IP kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Right. Because, like, for example, we're getting a magic animated series that Netflix is going to be putting out. Which I'm very intrigued by. I am as well. Um, like, is it going to have Chandra and Liliana? I will watch the shit out of it. Fuck yes, dude. <laughs> um, but, like, here's the thing. The, the common man isn't going to give a shit about this series unless it's anchored in something that's relatively familiar. Yes, yes. Greeks, Mongols, Egyptians, vampires, werewolves, dark gothic horror, or... Which could be a, a fairy good tales. thing yeah. for the um, the show. It's, it's like, just make about the planeswalkers fucking planeswalking. Yeah. 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 Personally, what I think they should have done... We, we were talking with a, a Thomas Cowley um, 
like last week or something, but we were we were the 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 story that the first magic series should do um is the precursor to the brothers war. Hmm. With Okay, so what you're talking makes me sound like that cuz here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Magic's been around longer than say World like Warcraft. You know, I, yes. I, almost, I, almost said, I almost said World of Warcraft, but it existed long before that. I remember the PC game originally. Um, and they've created a world. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of know what Blizzard Warcraft fantasy yeah. feels like. I have no idea what magic is. And that's kind I of no why idea. I think the show should honestly just be about the Planeswalkers planeswalking. Because the Planeswalkers are a, they're beings that can jump between realities. Gotcha. Um, which, I guess which is why all these sets. different sets, yeah. they're not in the same universe. Like, mm. you'll see the same characters because they're going to hop on over. Mm-hmm. All right, that's kind of cool. And do shit. I like that. And, like, I mean, they'll they'll Drowsy are, like, slowly, they're going to Ravnica or something, right? They're going somewhere. That's going to be bad. Yeah. But, like, there's there's several interplanar things that can bounce around. But it's like these... reverse into the Spider-Verse, except with ma- mages. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. And then part of it is... While I would like them to focus on the planeswalker planeswalking, they can't do with with the richness of the worlds that they've produced. It can't be like they have to be on a plane for a season. So what I really want them to do, and they won't. I just want Liliana's arc. It's just really starting with her getting cursed, or starting with her dealing making with the, the deal and then trying to clean that shit up. So Liliana is a is a black a mono black planeswalker. Um, she made a deal with. A, a very large number of demons mm. for tremendous power. Based and she's been hunting them down because if nobody holds the contract, I'm out of it. Yeah, she's invalid. And then she made a deal with like Nicol Bolas. Then yeah, he was she- the underwriter for the original deal. Oh, he was. That's right. Yeah, he was in the back like, yeah, sure, this can go. So now she's fighting him and that's not going to go well. No. Um, Nicol Bolas is like a dragon that's a planeswalker. He's the dragon god. He's one of the old Elder Dragons. Like, Magic Lore is fucking deep, His dude. current yeah. card, I think, in the current set is he just has the ability of any other Planeswalker on the table. That is correct. He just does whatever the fuck they do. It's like, he, oh, you have that? I can do that, too. Yeah, he has the... Uh, his static ability is Nicobola's God Emperor or whatever. Um, and has he's, the static ability yeah. of all other Planeswalkers on like, the table. Like, he's the reason the Eldrazi got freed. Yep. Like, he was feeding hints to make that happen. He's the biggest, baddest bad guy. He's Galacticus. He's not Thanos. Uh, maybe Thanos? No. No. That's it. Eh. Eh. I don't know. That'd be yeah. interesting. But, like, this is what we're talking about, right? For you to be interested in the setting, you're already jazzed about... He's more like death or yeah. one of the concepts. Okay. He's he's big. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fair, all this sounds fair, great fair. and all, but at the end of the day, it's like, they haven't done a good enough job. I should have already known all this is the point I'm trying to make. I should know all this stuff already, and the fact that I don't means magic you fucking Let me ask you this. Yeah. How much of Game of Thrones do you know? More than magic. (laughs) How much of um, the Burning Wheel series? Or the Wheel of Time series? I don't know know any of that. Is it Burning Wheel, Wheel of Time? Uh, Wheel of Time. I don't know any of that. The Burning Wheel might be something, too. The Burning Wheel is more than I should, but I don't love it. Uh, Technically, I think all of Steven Spielberg's takes place in the same universe. They do? Yeah. Did you know that? Jaws. Isn't Stephen's <laughs> happens in the same or universe Stephen as King, Stephen King? King. Oh. Yeah, Stephen King. <laughs> See, yeah. you said Stephen. I did. We knew, did. but we both know yeah. what you meant to say. Yeah, like but. everything Stephen King is the same universe. What? Yeah, every <sighs> single thing. It happens in the same, you know, Dark Tale, or whatever. You know, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. But okay, um, Neil Fair. Gaiman stuff. Same as well. I don't know much of his stuff. Well, but that's the thing. Like these are all are these are all products that have very rich, deep lore. Mm-hmm. 
that you just don't know things yeah. about. And but okay, as far as I know, in Stephen King, like there's not a lot of references to his other stories in any of his. That is decidedly false. Really? Yeah. He references his other books like almost every other page. Really? Like the, yeah. the turtle from It's referenced in The Dark Tower, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are, there's literal portals in each one of his books that tie into like the greater mythos. I did not yeah. know this. Yeah. I've read the, a couple the of earlier books, ones but... have less of it. Like he hasn't doubled down on it, but there's more sprinklings. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm I'm super jazzed and Sam to something that you mentioned earlier. I think I'm going to get back into physical magic. I'm going to draft this set. Like Arena's super solid. Yeah. Arena currently has I think they call it Brawl or something, yes. which is commander with a normal size deck. Mhm. Which is cool. Commander is a format where you have a hundred cards, uh, singleton, no duplicate yeah. types. You can except have for basic lands. except for basic lands, and then you have a, a boss character who the the color mana he requires to play determines what colors you can have in your deck. So if your boss only has red and black that you can spend on him, you can only have red and black cards in your deck. Hmm. Um, and you can keep resummoning him when he dies, but he costs more each time. Brawl. So generally, you choose like a major awesome character that'll buff your entire deck, and you just kind of build it around him hmm. or her or Bra- it if it's an Eldrazi or them, yeah, or, or color Z. out of space, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk so about the, that in a second. We have to the, finish our current no, not thought. That. The the quests they added a new thing in. I, I think it's a new thing. It's like the knights. Oh, the card mechanic. In the new set, will have normally in in Magic you have your like a creature or an instant or a sorcery. There's a couple cards that have two separate cards on the same card, and you can play one or the other. They're called stories. Yeah. Yes. I was looking at the graphic design of those, and it's like a little book opening, like yeah. Grimm's. Oh, so well done, So, like, guys. you'll have a knight who can be played for, like, three mana, but he'll have a secondary ability that's a little open book that you can spend him as a spell, and then you, you do that ability for the spell, which is something completely different, and then it exiles him, so he gets removed. But then you can play him later, his creature type like he he went off he did an adventure to get the thing and now he finished his quest and he come back and you can use him now as a, hmm. a normal knight yeah yeah or you could just cast him as a normal knight and forego the benefit yeah it's really interesting the design space that they're doing here they're it's it's top-down design like they are cruxing so much awesome stuff um into this set and it's just it's just gonna be it's just gonna be good it's cool. gonna be great it's super cool. Plus, what they're doing with this set is they all of their cards have alternate art. Every single one yeah. of them. Oh my god! You can get these alternate art made cards out of money in premium <laughs> booster packs that cost twenty five dollars <laughs> for nine cards. Oh my god! No, okay. This art is <laughs> fucking. It is juicy. gorgeous. Yeah. It, it's it's custom just so painted, good. literally oil paints <laughs> caked on top of your card <laughs> that you can play. Yeah. Like there's a um, foot tall. There's there's food tokens, there's food Literal enchantments. Mm-hmm. There's like some cards like when they attack you have to sacrifice something, so you just like sacrifice food to the dragon to make him angry and to make him like stronger. Yeah. Super cool. I I love it. We're going to talk so about I think that Throne of Eldraine, we're going to have to do a comprehensive. We're going to have to actually play it. We should just draft it. I'm Buy down to draft it. I'm 100% up for that. Um, we That'd make at- a great show. <laughs> That'd make a great show after really talking about it. I think it would. All three of us? Yeah. Yeah, running it through. I love that. Playing for like a good solid month. Anyway, it's, uh, Throne of Eldraine, watch the trailer. It's fucking incredible. It's great. Uh, big boy Garuk is back, which after he got yeeted out of the universe, <laughs> um, it's good to, good to see Hunter Boy. He's a little mad. 
it's just a little, a little mad, a little mad. Plus the um, he got he got screwed over by Liliana, right? He got screwed over by Liliana. Um, our research and development uh, <laughs> basically retconned him from the universe for a while. He's back, showed up, got mind controlled, or he showed up with amnesia, as you do. Yep. Uh, the first planeswalker that he encountered was like, "You're mad at all planeswalkers. I control you now." And now. You don't know what's going to go works. on with him. Yeah. Um, it's going to be good. Hashtag excitement for yeah. sure. Uh, we need to talk about actual games that we have played, though. Nah. <laughs> I, I've, I've watched people. What play do we got? Magic. What do we got left? We are going to talk about actually Charlie, a game that is going to be at Essen this year. Mm-hmm. That uh, where you play as monkeys. Are there monkey? Oh, there's monkeys involved. Are monkeys? Yeah. Uh, so I discovered this fun little game called Team Three. So everyone's seen in culture. There's that one monkey. He's got his hands over his eyes. The hear no evil. See no evil. Yeah, yeah. One's got his, yeah. Imagine those three monkeys. Uh, this game. Um, in this game, you're basically those three monkeys. It's a cooperative game, and you've decided to start a construction company. Ridiculous. Uh, basically, uh, everyone takes a role of one of those monkeys, and one of the monkeys is I don't know the name of the rules. But basically, one of the monkeys is like the architect. Uh, he's got the actual plans. Now, in the game, there's a bunch of, uh, what, what do you call those shapes? Like the tetris kind 3D. of tetraminos. Tetraminos, yeah. So but ima- they're not the official tetraminos. Yeah, so imagine, you know, like an L or like a plus or like, you know, a W-ish shape. Those kind of shapes. Um, real nice, chunky, big, colorful pieces. Mm-hmm. And so the first monkey is the uh, speak-no-evil monkey. He's the... Um, He's the guy that's like the architect. He knows the plans. He's the only one who gets to see the specific shape that your team is trying to make. It's you guys against the clock. You get, I believe, two or three minutes. I think it's three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sees the plans, but he cannot say anything. So he has to basically sign or use hand gestures to tell the intermediate monkey. Now, this monkey is the, I guess you could call him the hear no, hear no evil monkey, although he's kind of just the, they kind of, you know, they kind of fudge, fudge the this one. He is the one who's actually allowed to interpret interpret what the, uh, the the speak no evil monkey is trying to say about how to build this thing, and tell the third monkey, who is the see no evil monkey, who is the only one who's actually allowed to touch the pieces and build. So you got a guy who can't talk, who's blind, who's blind. Yeah, a guy who can't talk, trying to tell using hand gestures. A guy who can talk but can't touch anything, and, or see the plans. The guy who can't see how to actually build the thing. And with it sounds building, like a disaster, and I love it. <laughs> it's it's great. It was. It's like, I, I love it. I don't know. You played it. You I do? did. We played it. Uh, I was. I had a chance to play all three roles. Yeah. Um. On game night on on this last last game night year, and the it it's a really interesting experience. Yeah. Because the the structures that you're building are two dimensional. Yeah. Vertical. Imagine a Tetris. You're just seeing Tetris basically, yeah. like the plane. Um, um, and it's, 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 yeah, it's a great three, <laughs> three player filler. Honestly, a couple minutes, you're done. Yeah. Everyone laughs it up. Some are, some structures are pretty easy and you kind of shoot through it. Some of them are ridiculous. You didn't even play any of the ones where all the structures we were playing were very like, this fits perfectly into this. This fits perfectly into this. Some of them are like tilted sideways, bridged across these two pieces. And like this sort of floats on top. Some of them are just absurd. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, it was one of the funnest little discoveries I made at this last Gen Con. The best role, I think, is the blind monkey. Oh, yeah. Because as you have these, you know, 20 pieces or 15 pieces or what have you, just in front of you, just 
kind of feeling around, just like, I think this is it. I like, think no, you're putting this right. right. Grab the pink one. I mean, the, the, the W-shaped <laughs> yeah. one. Like, they all have their own color. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's confusing, but yeah. kind of pointless, but great. It's it's good. It's good fun. We played, a, 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 well, I guess a full round robin um, for a couple of minutes. It's a good opener. Yeah. Where you, if you want to warm people up to something a little bit more serious or a little bit more... I don't know, more party-focused, I it suppose? Is. What's great, too, is even though it's only a three-player game, mm-hmm. it's a fun game to watch. Like, oh, even if you're not yeah. playing, you just kind of want to watch and laugh at the people playing. And then you want to kind of jump in after. It's only three minutes, so whatever. Very low-risk, cooperative game. Highly recommend. There's two colors. Uh, there's the pink version. I have the green version. The pink version sold out. Uh, the only difference between the two is if you buy both, then you can have three-on-three battles. Um, but... The other difference is each one has a little, like, extra set. I haven't played the extra set yet, but basically, the, like, the green version has this, like, extra challenge where um, you have to build two structures, but one in each hand. Mm-hmm. You can only touch with your right hand the right structure and your left hand left. Very, like, extra content, basically. And the pink one has a different one. I'm not sure what that one is. It's called Dimension Tension. Mm. Oh, that one might actually be full. But very fun game. Team 3. Check it out. Now, one thing that I'm not actually super thrilled about with this game is how easy it is to accidentally finish a structure, at least for the difficulty yes. one and two. Yeah. Because it, there were quite a few times where I'm like, oh, pick up this piece and then play with it, basically. Play with it. And, and then just like, and then, and then, yeah, the directorial monkey's just like, yep, 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 you did it. And then yep. that's the and then role. You just move right on. Uh, it's, I will say, it's definitely once one, in, one star and two star quickly become pointless once you play the game a few times once you get the three star though that stuff it will only work about half the time so i can at least give it a thumbs up there so that's good we also played just because we've got about five minutes left we won't be able to get into any anything super meaty which we desperately want to but we can't that's okay we'll save that for our next show we also played push you know what's weird i feel like we talked about this game before on this show you've mentioned it before we didn't go into a whole lot of detail about it should I make it just quick? Just what push is? We got five minutes, yeah. Five full minutes. Uh, I got real confused because he was staring at me very intently while he said that. I'm like, I, I don't know anything about this game. Describe the game, Sam. Sam, um, what do you think a game called Push would be? Okay. Push. I'm going to, if you nail it, I, I'm going to give you $100 right now. <laughs> it's just blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. Kind of. With, with a guy. But not really. All right. You can, uh, no, it's 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 got some. Can, go, it go is. Ahead, go ahead. So what? Actually, the thing I described, the thing I said to you, Andrew, about it is, I'm like, I want this game to replace um, Uno, right? Uno, as far as like its popularity with families, because. But have it, you ever played Boomo? I'm not Boomo. Well, I want to yeah. hear about that more later. Um, it's that like level of game, but I actually think it's a way more fun and less mindless than Uno. Um, basically, uh, there's a big old deck of cards that have colors. So suits and numbers that go one through six. Um, there's also some special cards that are like these evil you know, black die roll cards. I'll explain those in a bit. But during your turn, all you're going to do is you're going to flip cards off the top of the deck into three sort of invisible piles. You get three piles to work with. When you flip a card into, into a pile, um, you can then, right after you've done that, let's say you flip a three that's red, you can then push your luck and flip another one. Now, the next one that you flip, if it's a three or if it's red, it cannot go into the same pile. So basically, you can never match up either suit or color or a, or a number or suit with any other pile, which means you have to put it in another pile. But the minute you start putting other cards into other piles, once you say, okay, I'm done, I'm not going to push my luck anymore, 
you only get to pick one of those piles, and then the person to your left gets to pick the next one, and the person to their left gets to pick the other one. So you're basically giving other people points potentially if you keep pushing your luck. On top of that, if you keep flipping and then you flip and you can't put that piece anywhere, you basically busted, in which case you have to roll the die. The die is, has uh, each of the different colors on there and one like safety color. And if one of those colors, like if you roll and yellow comes up, you lose every single yellow card that you've collected up to that point game that you haven't banked that you haven't banked yeah so banking is one extra dimension of the game where basically like on your turn instead of pushing your luck instead of trying to get more points you can just say you know what i'm taking all my yellow cards i'm banking them i cannot lose these later on in the games sort of way to keep it safe uh because there's some crazy stuff that can happen uh one of the cards that comes up i mentioned the black die card i might flip a three red i might flip a six purple this is looking good Ooh, i just flipped a black die card i'm putting that in my second pile and i'm stopping i take my nice little numbers that are nice points and then I pass to my left the black die card. That card is an automatic person has to roll the die and might lose a nice big chunky pile of a point. That's the game. I mean, it's very simple. Um, like I said, families could play it, but there's just an... I mean, it's just that classic just ugh, the gambling gene that humans have in them that wants to just push... I mean, you should have seen Andrew play this. He just started flipping cards like a madman, like a crazy person, literally no strategy, just like flinging cards and... I think you ended the game with like four points. It did not go well for me. And I think I might have ended it with like 70 or something. I would probably play it the same way as Andrew. But I mean, honestly, it'd be fun either way. It's by Ravensburger. Which is Um, weird. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. It's what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a game. I remember back when I was a kid, we used to have, when we used to go over to my like aunts and uncles and grandparents' house, we used to take up a huge dining table and just play. Everybody had a deck of cards. You'd play a game yeah. you know, with everybody at the same, like five, six, seven, eight people. Um, and I think push might be that because yeah, that's it what involves it... everybody. Yes. I think that maybe above five players is a little oh, bit yeah. much. Uh, but Yeah, true. But like it's one of those things where like you can it, – it has the a rule set that is simple enough to be considered a classic rule set yes. without feeling like a classic – game does that make sense yes it feels yeah. new it feels fresh but like i said i would want to it's a real set that your your parents would play and yeah. my like eight-year-old like nephew would play you know and and like it probably and even more so it's only 12 bucks yeah i need to get a copy wait i have a copy you have a copy I need what a, you want about i need a second copy <laughs> <laughs> uh and that'll bring it to a close for this episode of game stage we talked <laughs> about games for 20 minutes uh, while we nerded out about Magic the Gathering and That's other a game ish, kind of. There were some good. Okay, lifestyle. We're going to dedicate an entire show to Throne of Eldraine when it comes out. It's going to be fun it's for us. Kind of, maybe not for you out. guys, but we got like two, three you, weeks. You right? can do the the brawl decks on Arena. Oh, really? Those are already out. Yeah, there's four oh, brawl decks that you can play. We'll do a live and show, and then you can get um game every game you. Every time you win one of the brawls, you get like a play set of one of the new. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, we will wrap it up for now. We're going to go ahead and play some games, and we will catch everybody next time. Oh, yeah. Fireball, the son of a bitch.